have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Amen. Amen. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to know the Lord. In the trials and tribulations we face in this world, I don't know how any person makes it without the Lord's grace. I need the, I need the Lord in my life. I, I, I tell you, we, we've had, I, I don't know, I, I don't know the total number. I think it's seven or eight uh, deaths in just a matter of a couple weeks. And uh, it seems like every time you turn around, there's something you're going to have to deal with, a tragedy you're going to have to get over, a struggle you're going to have to get through, a valley you're going to have to endure. Uh, but I know God's word is true. Amen? Amen. And God said that his grace would be sufficient. So no matter what we face, his grace will be sufficient. And I, I believe with all my heart it truly is. Uh, we're going to uh, continue with our, our study and our, our series and training. This is, this is more than just a verse-by-verse Bible study. This is specific training teaching us how to win our friends and family to the Lord Jesus Christ. We all need to know. We all need to be able to share the gospel with those who are around us. And so at last week, last week we learned how important the Holy Spirit is in this process that we have of, of uh, evangelism and winning people to Christ. Uh, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We have to have the Holy Spirit in this process. Say amen. amen. You cannot win people to Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's look in Mark chapter number 5, and we're going to read in verse number 1 just a few verses here. And tonight, we're going to talk about our story. Our story. Sometimes we use the terminology, our testimony. You know, share your testimony. Share your story. Uh, that, is, that is a great form of evangelism, sharing your story. So we're not just going to talk about a Bible instance and example of it. We're going to share and help you develop your story and then be able to tell your story. And all God's people say it. Mark 5 in verse number 1. It says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. Say amen. Uh, it says, but in verse 7, And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Now, there was the unclean spirit that was speaking to Jesus, and Jesus commands him to come out. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away into the country. And now there were nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out. And entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed uh, the swine fled, and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was done. And there came, excuse me, and they came to Joseph, to Jesus, and to see him that was possessed with the devil. And he had in the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And when they saw it. They told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray to him to depart from their... Now, that's amazing to me. Here you, got, here you got a crazy man that nobody can fix and nobody can stop who's running around crazy. And then when you have a man that comes and heals him and changes him and fixes him, they pray that he leaves. Isn't that just like... The American society today? How warped is our world? They, they begged him, you got, you got to go. We, you, you need to leave. And then it says in verse number 
Verse number 19. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy... Now, let's all read this. Help me, help me, help me. Let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I kind of got ahead of myself here. It says in, in verse 17, And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. In other words, the man that was healed wanted to go with Jesus. Now read verse 19 with me. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him... Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Now watch what he done. And he departed and began to publish it in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Now here's the thing. This is what Jesus said. Go and tell your friends. All right, all right, that's right. What do you want him to tell your friends? Go tell your your story. Go tell your story. And guess what he did? He went everywhere telling his, his story. His story. Now let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for the privilege it is to serve you. Lord, I pray that you'll help us now. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Satan is mad. Satan is upset. He, he, he is not liking what has taken place. Lord, people from this place is going into their place. And they are taking the gospel. And they are taking invites. And they are bringing people to the gospel. And Lord, we're, we're going into his kingdom. And we're a threat to him. And Lord, he's doing everything he can to, to stop and to discourage and to halt and to, and, to, and, to, and to slow down the process and the progress of this church. Now, Lord, I pray that you'll put a hedge about this place. Help me to think clear. Lord, help me to think clear. Help me to, to be able to speak your word in such a way that every single person can understand what I'm saying. Lord, I pray that we'll receive it, and not just receive it, but we'll apply it and use it and go out and do what we're studying. I pray your perfect will be done. Lord, I praise you for what you're already doing. I praise you for what you're doing in Fairview. I praise you what you're doing right here in Coleman. And God, I pray that you'll get all the glory for it all, for everything. I pray that you'll get all the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's do kind of a, let's, let's do kind of a review. How many of y'all did your homework this week? How many of y'all thought about it? How many of y'all going to think about it this week? At least lie to me, somebody. Amen. All right. Listen, this is important. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. Let's look at our key principle. What is our key principle? God the Father is constantly drawing people to Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He invites us to join in that process as we listen to and obey the Holy Spirit. Let's all read our key principle. We've got to read this over and over and over and over again until we get it and we memorize this, Okay. God the Father is... Con- All right, now there's more than seven people in this building. All right, let's try this again. That's why I told you to get your notes so you can read along with us. All right, here's your key principle. God the Father is constantly drawing people to Jesus through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He invites us to join in that process as we listen to and obey the Holy Spirit. Now let me, let me, let me explain that. For those that were not here last week, what we learned last week is God the Father is constantly at work in this world reaching people with the power and the ministry and the presence and the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in our communities. The Holy Spirit is going to and fro, and He is working on the hearts of those that the Father is drawing to His Son. Now... The key to that is, is he wants you to team up with him to bring people to his son, Jesus. He wants to work together in this deal. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We are working together. Now that's happening. That's happening, all right? Here is a key truth that we learned last week, all right? What is the key truth that we learn? Every believer is a disciple, and every disciple is to be a disciple maker. Let's all read it. 
Every believer is a disciple, and every disciple is to be a disciple maker. All right, let's read that one more time. Every believer is a disciple, and every disciple is to be a disciple maker. We learn that from the Great Commission. God gave us the Great Commission. What are we to do while we are here? If God did not have us a purpose, if God did not have something for us to do, the moment we were saved, he would have took us on to glory, and we wouldn't have to put up with all this junk and garbage down here. Say amen. Amen. But he has a job for us. He has a purpose for us. He has a responsibility for us. And that is to proclaim the gospel and preach the gospel to every creature. We, as his disciples, are to go and make disciples. Are you all with me? Say amen. All right, let's look at the next thing. The next part of the review, we see what is a pre-Christian. This ties in in with the key principle, okay? A person that God the Father is preparing through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to meet His Son Jesus. Often, this person will be used of God to reach their friends and relatives and acquaintances with the gospel of the kingdom. Sometimes this person is referred to as a person of peace. Now, let me explain that. Let me explain that. If you go look on your own time, go look in Matthew chapter number 10, you'll find out that Jesus sent his disciples out. He sent them out to heal. He sent them out to to witness and and to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. You know, to go, he said, uh, uh, don't take anything for your journey. You just go. And he said this, whatever city you go into, whatever village you go into, he says, whoever receives you. In other words, whoever treats you nicely, whoever receives you and receives the message that you have. He said, let your peace be on that, that home. Let your peace be on that person. And, uh, and he says, those that don't receive you, he said, just shake the dust off your feet. And that is a sign of disdain. That is a, you know, a sign of rejection. So here we have the person of peace. Now let me illustrate that. Let me illustrate. Hey, some of you fellas come up here. Some of you fellas come over. Come on up here. Give me four or five guys up here. That's it. Come on, come on, come on. <clears throat> All right? You're the person of peace. You come over here. Y'all, y'all go stand over there. All right? Uh, you can come too. Come on up here. Yeah, we ain't going to leave you out. Yeah, you need Jesus too. Amen. Come on. All right. Here's the deal. I, I am the Christian. I am the born-again believer who's trusted in Christ as my Savior, and I have the responsibility of telling my story. I have the responsibility as this demoniac to go and tell my story. Now, there's a great possibility that this may be a relative. This may be a, a, an acquaintance at work. This may be somebody I run into at the dry cleaners. This may be somebody at the laundromat. This could be somebody at the market. This could be somebody I'm sitting beside at the big game. Okay, whatever it is, I'm living my life. I'm living my life. I'm not. Now I'm. I'm. I'm just saying. Let's let's take let's take the pastor role off of me. Okay, I'm not supposed to do this because I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to do this because I'm called of God. Are y'all with me? As a child of God, I am called of God to share my story. To to go to my friends and now, now this demoniac was not a missionary he was not a preacher he was not he was just somebody that God had delivered he was somebody that God did something great for he was somebody that God totally changed his life and he said listen I've got something to tell now I know what you're thinking well I'm not like that guy I don't have a story yes you do if you are born again there was a day that you were on your way to hell a hundred miles an hour and the God of all grace came to where you was when you couldn't get to where he was and he made you a way where you could make it to where he is and you miss hell and you're making it to heaven. Honey, that's a story. Are y'all with me? So, so here I am, not as a pastor, just as a child of God, just as a saved person. I come. Now watch. Here's, this is a, this is a, this may be it's a crude illustration, but it's the same point. I was fishing, I was fishing with my buddy John Welburn one time. <clears throat> and we he can catch a fish in a mud hole, say amen. I mean, we went to one spot and we was fishing, 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 fishing. He said, All right, it's time to go. I'm talking my I'm talking my my dad would never make it with him. Amen. 
And if you fish with a cane pole in a minute, you sure wouldn't make it with it. There's people that likes to go out, put the anchor out, and sit. And they, no, that don't work. And he said, we got to go. Boom. And we went to another spot. Fish, 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 fish. Boom. We went to another spot. Fish, 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 fish. Now, I'm, I'm like, what's up with this? And this is what he said. This is what he said. He said, Malcolm, you got to understand something. That there are always fish biting somewhere. You just got to find them. Now think about that a minute. You say, but I witnessed somebody and they slammed the door in my face. They wasn't biting. But, but somewhere they're always biting. Now here's the deal. But see, this is the cool part. Now, when I was fishing with Mr. Welburn, we was just going, 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 going. And we didn't, we didn't have the Holy Spirit to say, hey, they're over here. That'd be nice. You see why we have to have the Holy Spirit in this deal? Because see, what happens is, what happens is, see, we're praying. <clears throat> we're praying over our invites. And by the way, we're, we're going to talk about that. This is not, this is not. This is not the only way. This is just one. This is just one way. This is just one fishing pole. Amen. All right. We're praying. Lord, lead me to that person. Lord, lead me to that person. I, I, that one of the coolest illustrations I, I can remember is when uh, Miss Susan Wisnett uh, came to one of the revivals we had. I think it was the very first one we ever had, and we had a friend day to kick it off. We had friend day on Sunday, and then we had revival that week. Well, they were here that Sunday. And, uh, and singing and all, and, and we had everybody brought their friend. And this is what she said. This was her testimony. She said, she said you know, we travel so much, we're never home. So, so I, I don't really have a friend that I can bring to church. And she said the next day, this was a Monday, that morning, she was doing her morning devotions. And she says, Lord, everybody got to bring their friend to church. And I travel so much. She said, I don't have a friend to bring to church. Said, Lord, would you bring, would you give me a friend instantly? Housekeeping. She said she went. Guess what? She came in. They struck up a conversation. Susan said, Hey, we're singing at a revival this week, right down the road here at Temple. And I sure would love for you to come as my friend. And guess what? She came, her husband came, her girls came that whole night. Her, her, her and her husband walked the aisle and got saved that night. Ho, ho, why? They biting. Somewhere. So what do we do? We wake up in the morning and say, God, where are they biting? Where will you lead me? Because here's the deal. God will lead you as the, to the pre-Christian, to the person who's ready. You say, why are they ready? Because God's already been working on them. You don't, you don't understand that. You may not realize that, but God's been working on them through something at work, maybe a tragedy, maybe a death, maybe, maybe a problem, maybe an issue that they have that they've been trying to figure out, and God is using that to draw them to himself. And they're looking... They're looking more than you're looking. And here we go. So God, God lets me, God lets me meet my, my person of peace, this pre-Christian. The Holy Spirit leads me to it. Do you see why it's so important to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life? To be guided by the Holy Spirit in your life? You see, this person of peace usually, this person of peace usually has a friend or a family. He's connected to this one. And this one, all right? And guess what? When he gets help for his problem and God changes his life, he's like the demoniac who had serious issues. Now, if you're not familiar with this demoniac, he run around naked in the tombs full of demons. It's been said he was a new dude in a rude mood. Say amen. <laughs> and God heals him. Let me ask you a question. Do you think he has a story? So guess what? He goes and tells his story. He shares his story. And you know what? God's got other, other pre-Christians who are looking 
and who are hungry and who are biting. I got the opportunity to go to Fairview this week. I was blown away. I don't even have words. I don't even have words as I stood and I watched people coming in, coming in, coming in. Now, I'm telling you, these are people that are not church people. Brother Buchanan came outside, and he was so excited. He said, hey, preacher, 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 preacher. He said, I just talked to a lady just now, and she said she had never gone to church. Never. And she's seen us passing out hamburgers. And she's seen the sign in, in the promotion and the advertising. And she says, I'm going to try that out. She came, and her kids have came at our, at our kickoff Sunday, and they've been ever since. You know why? They're biting. They're hungry. That's what I saw. Preacher, is that what you saw? People are hungry. They're hungry. You know why? That, that, that place out there is packed out. I'm talking about it was packed. There was people sitting on the floor in the second service. Because they're hungry. They are biting. And listen, they're all around you. But you have to ask the Holy Spirit to bring you to that person. See, there's a pre-Christian out here. There's a pre-Christian that you don't even realize. Maybe they're sitting at the laundromat and everything's going wrong in their life. Everything, and, 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 and you could even be, he could even be suicidal. By the way, guys, do y'all know we've had six young people commit suicide this year? Did you hear what I said this year? We're only a month into this deal. That's almost a third of all that happened in our county last year. You know why people do that? Hopeless. And maybe he's sitting at the laundromat thinking, "What? I don't, I don't even have nothing to live for. I don't. Is there any hope? And then all of a sudden, God brings you who's got a story, who has got hope. And you strike up a conversation. Hey, buddy. How's it going? How's life? What's good about it? Oh, you got a minute? And see, if he's a pre-Christian and the Lord's already been working on him, he's going to say, yeah, I got a minute. What do you got to say? You see? Because the Holy Spirit. And it's not you. You don't have to pick green fruit. You don't have to talk them into it. Are you all with me? And we'll get that. Hopefully we'll get to that. Maybe we can do our homework in class tonight. Now, does this make sense who the pre-Christian is? Okay, good job, guys. Good job. Good job. All right, now, let's go through our notes. Come on, come on. Let's, there's, two, there's two main points that we're going to look at tonight. First, the call of the gospel. The call of the gospel. <clears throat> I, I want you to get these for motivation's sake. I want you to get these for motivation's sake. First, we have A, there is a call from above. Write that down. There is a call from above. Obviously, this is a call from Christ. <clears throat> this is a call from Christ, Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, if you need any reason, if you need any reason to witness or to share your story, all you need is because God said to. You don't need any other motivation, but God said to. How many of y'all had parents or grandparents or whoever raised you, a guardian or whatever, uh, that when you asked why, they said, because I said so? And how many of y'all went ahead and did it because of that reason? How many of y'all would have told it one if you didn't? Guess what? I don't need to go any further. I could. I could go into the fact of, of what it does for you and the joy you get from it, from sharing your story. I could go into it. I, and if, if you don't believe me, go to my Facebook and look at a, a story I, I shared. 
of someone who shared their story. They said they're walking this high off the ground because of the joy. I can tell you all that and, and the joy that you receive. But I don't need to because all I need to tell you is you need to do it because God said to do it. Right? There's a call from above. Then, then B. Then B. There's a call from hell. There's a call from hell. If you go in Luke 16, if you go in Luke 16, you'll find out that there was a rich man and there was a poor man. And the poor man's name was Lazarus. All right, the rich man died without Christ. And, and the Bible says in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment. It says in hell he lift up his eyes. It says that the rich man was buried and in hell he lift up his eyes. But it says Lazarus was carried. That'll preach. <clears throat> the one who was lost was buried. The one who was saved was carried. All right, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. In his torment, in his, in his suffering, he looks over because at that period of time, paradise and, and, and Hades, hell was in the same area and you could see one, one from the other. There was like, it says there was a great gulf fix between them. I, I kind of imagine and picture in my head the Grand Canyon between one and, you know, I can't get over there, they can't get over here. There's paradise over here and, and, and hell and torment over here. And he could see over there and he could see, he could see Abraham and he could see Lazarus and, and he could see that they were in paradise. And he said, oh, Abraham, would you send Lazarus that he may just dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue? For I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham tells him, so I, I'm sorry we can't do that. I'm sorry we, we, we can't get to where you are. You can't get to where we are. And then he says what you're reading in your notes right here. He said, if that's the case, if that's the case, would you send Lazarus? Will you send Lazarus to my brothers? Will you please send them to my brothers and tell them about this awful place? Tell them so they don't come to this place. What is, what is that saying? That everyone in hell is praying that you will go tell their family and their friends and their loved ones so that they do not make it to this awful place called hell. You see, there's a call of the gospel from Jesus. There's a call of the gospel from hell. He says, please send somebody. Please send somebody. Then we see number three. There's a call from inside. There's a call from inside. 1 Corinthians 9, 16. It says, this is Paul speaking. He says, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory thereof. He says, for necessity. Say that with me. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. You know what he's saying? There's something inside of me. There's something inside of me that I can't really explain. I can't, I, I can't, there's just something inside of me that, 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 that pulls me, that draws me, that, that, that compels me to share my story, to share the gospel with those who do not have it. Let me tell you what that is. Do you know the Spirit of Christ is an intense mission spirit? When Jesus explained his purpose for coming to this earth, he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the closer you get to the Lord Jesus Christ, the more submissive you are to the Holy Spirit, the more intense you feel on sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is the Spirit's job to promote the Son and to point people to the Son of God, to God's Son. Are y'all with me? And the more you submit to Him, the more that you listen to Him, the more that He's going to pull you and draw you to people who He's already been working on to receive the good news and your story. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You say, preacher, I don't have that. And you need to get in the altar till you do have that. 
I have a real, I have a real problem with someone who doesn't have a burden to see someone else saved. Because one of the first things, you can, you can trace it all through the New Testament. Anytime somebody run into Jesus, they wanted to go tell somebody to run into Jesus. The disciples, they said, come here, come here, come here. We found him. In the one chapter, it says he first findeth his own brother. I mean, he didn't, he didn't procrastinate. He didn't think anything else in this world was more important than getting his brother to Jesus. One of the coolest parts of my, my dad's testimony was the fact that, 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 that once when he got saved, he wasn't, even, he wasn't even called to preach yet. He was just saved. And he irritated the fire out of everybody because he wanted them to be saved. Travis, I heard him say, man, where you at out there? Okay, Travis, you've been to Grandma's house, right? Down Happiness Road, whatever, Happiness Street. You remember that big glass in the front? That big pane is a big open glass, in the, in the, and you can see right in the living room. I'm telling you, I mean, from the, from the dirt road, and it's, it's, it's 50 yards to the house, and you can see, because they got it bright and shiny on the inside, and you can see everything. And Dad says, I can't tell you how many times that my car would pull up in the driveway and, and, and he'd see my Aunt Debbie jump up and run to the back through the glass. <laughs> you know why? Because she knew as soon as he got in that house, he's going to say, you need to come to church with me. You know why? There was something pulling from the inside. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. Preacher, I told them, I told them about that person we met on the boat, <clears throat> that uh, 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 spiritual person. <clears throat> I told them what you did, too. <clears throat> anyway, if y'all didn't miss it, go back and check it out. It's funny. <clears throat> Listen, there's a call from the inside. There's a call from above. There's a call from Jesus. There's a call from hell. Man, they're begging, please, go tell. Go tell. But then... Write this down, D. <clears throat> there's a call. There's a call from the outside. In Acts 16, in Acts 16, let's just turn there. Turn to Acts 16. This is, this, this is, this is, we're going to make a, a good point right here that's going to help a lot of people. Acts 16. <clears throat> All right. In, in, in verses 1 through 3, we find Paul picking Timothy. He's choosing Timothy as kind of a running mate there to, to go with him on these missionary journeys. <clears throat> and in verse number 4, Acts 16, verse number 4, it says, And as they went through the cities, they delivered them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now watch this. Now, when they had gone through Pergia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden, now watch this, and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, Paul wanted to go to Asia. That was his desire. It was his target. He was going to go to Asia. Bunch of people in Asia. Bunch of people in Asia. Paul saw that as a great need. Now, how many of y'all know where there's a bunch of people, there's a great need? Would you, would you agree with that? So in logical thinking, that makes sense. Go where there's a bunch of people. Fish in a pond that's got a bunch of fish in it. Amen? But guess, guess what the Holy Spirit? He said, no. He forbid him. Watch. And after they were come to Messiah, they essayed to go into Bithynia. But again, the Spirit suffered them not. And they passing... By Messiah, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, 
assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now here's the deal. See why the Holy Spirit is so important in this thing we call evangelism. All right, write this down. Write this down. I usually share this with preachers, but you need to get this. This is, this is a truth. You can write it down beside those notes, however you want to write it, doesn't matter, underneath it. I just wrote it. Here's where I wrote it, guys, so, so it would stay with that same verse. You see where I wrote it right here? You can just write it right down here. It's just something, just one sentence. Here's a truth we learned from this chapter. A need does not constitute a call. A need does not constitute a call. In other words, how many of y'all, how many of y'all, we, we was in Mexico City. <clears throat> we was in Mexico City. Uh, man, I can't remember the numbers. Is Jeff in the building? Is he in the building? Whatever, whatever the number was, it was millions. So, th- 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 there, was a, there's a, there is a, a, a city, I think in Japan, where Mexico City and, 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 and this city is going back and forth going back and forth for the largest city in the world. I'm talking about, and he was telling me, the record number of people moving into the city every day. Now, how many of y'all would agree that is a great need? Would you agree with that? I mean, all them people, good night. That's a great need. But guess what? That does not mean I am called to Mexico City. You know why? Because a need doesn't constitute a call. Paul really believed there was a great need in Asia, and there probably was. And then the next city he wanted to go to probably was. But that's not where God was working. And that's not where God was leading him to. Does this make sense? Now, here's the thing. This is what will transform your personal evangelism. You see, when me and John Welburn was running all over the lake, we were hoping and we were guessing that we would hit the right spot. And sometimes you do. Sometimes you can hit one spot and load the boat in one spot. Personally, that has never happened to me. <clears throat> but I have seen where it has happened with people. They say, man, was this one spot. Boom, 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 boom. Every fish we caught was in this one spot in just a matter of minutes. And I prayed every day, Lord, let that happen to me. And it ain't never happened. But it's a guessing game almost. You try to go where you think they are. But see, the difference with that in personal evangelism is the Holy Spirit will say, here they are. Here they are. You see, you're going to be around sinners all the time. You're going to be around lost people all the time. But every lost person you run into is not necessarily the one that God's going to pair you up with. Now, here's the cool thing. I think you need, if you ever have an opportunity to share the gospel, share the gospel, whether they're the person or not. Because it might not be the one you're going to win, but you can plant the seed for the next one that comes along. Are y'all with me? But if you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, I promise you, I promise you, God will lead you to the pre-Christian. God will lead you to that one that he's been wooing and he's been drawing to his son by the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is we're not walking in the Spirit. We're not submitting to the Spirit in our daily walk. But if we will, He will. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about when you've been somewhere and you just felt the urge, I need to, I need to invite that person to church or I need to wit. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. That's what I'm talking about. The closer you walk with Him, He will reveal this to you. He will reveal it to you. And all God's people said. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, preacher, I get all that. But I'm scared to death. All right, let's go to the second thing. Let's talk about that. The complications with the gospel. The complications with the gospel. If there were no barriers to the gospel, this whole world would be saved by now. And if every Christian, every Christian is a disciple... And every disciple is a disciple maker. This world would already be converted by now. It would already. There's no question in my mind. If we did what God said for us to do, then it would already be done. So all that, all them people. Do you know how fast 
that it would multiply if we would just do our responsibility and our job? Now, here's the thing. So, so there's problems. There's problems that's keeping the church from doing what they're supposed to be doing. When I say the church, I don't mean temple. I mean the body of Christ, every individual believer. How many of y'all know what I'm saying when I say that? So let's look at some of them. Let's, let's take and, and deal with some of these complications and fix them. Fix them. How many of y'all want to be a great soul winner? Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. There is nothing that you can take from this earth to heaven but somebody else. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to, when I step foot on that shore, I want to look back and I want to bring a bunch with me. And all God's people see it. So let's fix these problems, okay? Let's look at the complications. Look, look, number number two. Well, let me let me read the let me read the notes right here. Let me read the notes right here. It's on top of page number two. If you're there, say amen. We should not only lead people to become Christ followers, but also to become disciples who disciple others. In this way, you can rapidly spread the gospel message. However, however, this is a problem. Most Christians think it is the job of only professional ministers to proclaim the gospel. Most Christians, and I underline this whole sentence right here, most Christians consider evangelism to be inviting people to church, hoping the pastor will convince them to give their lives to Christ. Underline that. Underline that. Most Christians consider evangelism to be inviting people to church, hoping the pastor will convince them to give their lives to Christ. Now, underline twice this, this, this next sentence. This is not the case. Now, say that with me. This is not the case. Every believer should regularly experience the immense joy of sharing the love of God with others, helping bringing others into the living or excuse me, the life-giving relationship with Jesus is the call of every disciple. Every member of the body of Christ is a minister. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why in the world are we holding up these invites on Sunday morning and praying who we're going to give them to? Because a smart fisherman has more than one pole. And he has more than one net. And the more, I, I, my cousin, my cousin, he's got a, a, a sport fishing boat, a uh, 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 50-foot hatteras. If you don't know what it is, that's like a saltwater boat. And it's got the, it's got the kitchen in it and everything. And he, and he trolls. And he trolls. And he catches dolphin and, 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 and kingfish and, and, and sometimes marlin and, and sailfish and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, Travis, did you ever get to go out with Phil and them when they was fishing? Oh, man. I mean, it, it, it's fun. It, it's, it's great. But here's what he does. He has these arms. He has these arms that go out on each side of that boat, and they're called outriggers. Y'all with me? And in and, and the outrigger, you can put two lines, and sometimes more than that, on the outrigger so that you can have two poles behind the boat and then a, and another one out here and then another, to keep them spaced out so they don't get entangled. So you've got a bunch of baits. And then he's got something called a downrigger. And it's got like a little lip on it, and, and, and it's a weight that drops down, and, it, and, and the other baits are on top of the water, and then he's got a bait 20 foot deep, 30 foot deep, whatever, trolling. What's he doing? If they're deep, he wants to get them. If they're, they're at the top, he wants to get them. He's smart enough to know, put more lines out. You got a better chance to get them. And you know what we're doing? Jesus said, he said to the fishing the fishing crew, he said, follow me. Follow me, and I will make you to become. You know what I hope everybody does after tonight? I hope you get so jacked up about this, you all say, let's go fishing. We're going to keep praying over these. 
This isn't this is an easy way. Okay, this is the beginners, okay? This is the cane pole. Some of you, let me see if I, oh. Uh, all right, when you're an amateur fisherman, let's say a little child, you don't start out with a bait caster. Now, if you know anything about fishing, you know a bait caster, you've got to have somewhat of a clue what you're doing or you're going to have a rat's nest. I remember the first time I threw one of them things. It belonged to my cousin. He said, and I, I you know, I, I, I had moved from a cane pole up to a Zebco 33. And, and he said, and he said, you know how to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know how to do that. He said, all right, here. And I, and man, it balled up and knotted up and just had this string everywhere. And I'm like, oh, he, was, he wasn't real happy either. But when, you, when you're not very experienced, when you're not very experienced, you use a cane pole. But then when you, when, you, when you move up a little bit, you get that Zebco 33 where all you got to do is hit that button and it holds it there and you don't have to worry about a backlash. It's not going to backlash. But when you want to really move on up and, and do some serious fish, you, you see what I'm saying? This is for amateurs. This is where we all start. And, and, and you know what the cool thing is? Even if you know how to use, even if you know how to use a, 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 a bait caster, it's still fun to use a cane pole. It's still fun to get that jig pole out there and put it down there in in, the, in that grass and catch one of them crappies. Save me! You know, I love being able to preach a message and seeing people walk the aisle. But I love being able to just say, "Hey, man." You get to go to church anywhere? I'd love for you to come be my guest. Cool, man, I see you. Anybody can do that, and we're going to keep doing that. But I want to move you from that. I want, I want you to do more than that. I want you to learn to be able to share your story. It's great to start there. And don't, don't get upset. Don't get, I don't think I can do that. I'll just stop doing it. No, 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 no. You keep passing them out. You keep inviting when you're ready. It, it, hey, but don't think. Don't, I mean, let me see how I can say this without. Don't ease your conscience of the responsibility of sharing your story simply because you gave out one of them cards. Does that make sense? I'm trying to say that nice. Don't shirk your responsibility of sharing the gospel just because you said, I passed out one of these invites. That's all I'm supposed to do. No, it's not. That's the cane pole. And that's cool. But you, we need to get you on up to the bait caster. Because according to God's word, it says, Be ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you. Somebody say amen. amen. And I've got to hurry because we're running out of time again. All right, here we go. Here's the complications with the gospel. <clears throat> Many Christians do not share the gospel for three main reasons. A, the first reason, they're afraid. How many of y'all would agree with that? I, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my hand. All right. Preacher, can you stand up just a second? That's Preacher McCormick. No matter where he goes, no matter where he's at, doesn't matter. The very first time that I ever met him, y'all remember, I'm shy, right? How many y'all remember that? Y'all know that I'm shy. All right, we was at a restaurant, a, 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 a seafood restaurant. First time I ever met him. First Sunday I was there. We went out to eat, uh, Miss Ed and all of them, and this place was jam-packed. They put our crowd in the very center of the room, and, and, and preacher said, we're going to say the blessing. And this is in a jam-packed restaurant. He stands at his feet and says, Our Father! And he begins to say the blessing. And, and I'm thinking, he's praying for the whole restaurant. <laughs> now here's the thing. Everywhere I've ever been with him. How you doing? I'm preaching McCormick. Everywhere. And I learned why later because I asked him. I'm, I'm totally asking questions. probably gets tired of me asking questions all the time. He says, one, when I say I'm preaching McCormick, it lets them know and it lets me know I, be, I need to behave myself. 
it helps me to keep my testimony and lets them know and it gives me an opportunity to witness to that person. Now, y'all remember when we run into that spiritual person on the boat? <clears throat> that spiritual person. And this was a psychic, is that the word? This, this, All right. When she said, when she said what she said, I went, whoo. And I started, I started eating my uh, smoothie. <clears throat> and he right away, I mean instantly, he said, we're spiritual too. <laughs> and I'm thinking, not now, Rev, not now. <laughs> They're going to talk about ghosts here in a minute. Don't, don't, don't. Am I exaggerating this a bit? Anything. Am I embellishing anything it is? And right away, he says, we're Baptist preachers. And he goes and starts witnessing. And this is, this is my point. I get nervous and I get scared. And there's sometimes that, so I'm just trying to let you know I understand being afraid. And I understand being scared. And I understand being nervous. All right? There are times when God has the right person at the right place, at the right time. At that particular time and place, it was him. It wasn't me. So how do you know that? Because God didn't give me the power at that moment, the boldness at that moment. You remember? But you shall receive. You shall receive. When? When the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He took the lead. Now think about this. Think about what, what being bold and saying... I'm preaching McCormick, said to his cabin steward, and guess what he got to do? Probably what no preacher I know has ever got to do, go behind the scenes where it's illegal for any person, on a passenger, to go and preach to a whole crew. Have you ever had an experience like that? Was it awesome? You know why? Boldness. There you go. He got to preach to people from cultures all over the world but they were all saved and had the same spirit in them what an awesome thing now here's the point when we're afraid here's what you have to do rely on the holy spirit when you're afraid <clears throat> sometimes we 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 tend to depend on us when we're afraid that's what we're doing we're depending on oh am i going to say the right thing am i going to guess what you don't have to worry about that he's going to do it and if he's already dealt with the pre-Christian, there ain't a whole lot you need to do. I seen, <laughs> I was in an invitation, and somebody walked out, and they was broken. They was broken and weeping. And, 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 and they said, I need to be saved. And somebody went to, we need to take him through. No, no, no. I said, you don't have to do that. He's ready. <clears throat> Let's just repent. See, when people are ready, God will have it, and you don't have to worry about what to say. Are y'all with me? Lean on the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look. He said, all power. Think about that. The one who has all authority on this earth, all the authority in heaven, he's on your side, and he's working with you to help with this process. All right? Many times they are afraid. You don't have to be afraid. The boss is with you. Say amen. B. Here's another complication. They don't know who to share the gospel with. They don't know who to share the gospel with. Now, this is a problem that's very prevalent with people who've been saved a long time. Isn't it amazing when a, when a, when a new Christian gets saved? They bring all kinds of people to church. But if a person's been saved a long time, I rarely see them bringing somebody to church. You know why? Because they've been saved so long, all their friends are saved people. All their friends are saved people. Either all their friends have gotten saved, or they, that's who they meet them in the, in the Sunday school classes, or whatever that might be, and the only people they know are saved people. That's a problem. That's a problem. Here's how to, here's how to solve that. I was at that men's conference in Ohio, couple weeks ago y'all remember and one of the one of the speakers at the at the thing and he's really emphasizing evangelism and going into the world and the highways and hedges and all that his wife 
this pastor of a large church, I mean like four or 5,000 member church, his wife went and got a job at the mall. And it wasn't because they needed the money. They didn't need the money. It was because they didn't know any lost people. So she went and got a job at one of the little stores in the mall so she could meet some lost people. And they began to invite people, invite people from her work out to like dinner, to picnics or whatever, to her house. Is that, you with me? To, to be able to share her. They moved into, they moved into a neighborhood where there's a, 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 a cul-de-sac, if you will, and a house here and a house here and a house here. And he was saying, this house here it was, was uh, uh, somebody from Alabama, and this house here was uh, somebody from, from, and there was actually a Clemson. He said he couldn't believe it. They were all in the same circle, and he was from, I think he was originally from, uh, no, he was the Alabama guy. There was somebody from Louisiana, and he said he'd pick on them because when they'd all leave, he would go change the flags around. <clears throat> He'd mess with them. He said, it was great. He said, they're all lost. And he would, he would have barbecues on purpose and invite them all to come. Now watch and just befriend them. Not preach at them. Not preach at them. And not even necessarily give them a card. Just be their friend. He said, one day, man, I'm never going to finish this. We'll just say, tell this and we'll pray and get this next week. Like y'all are surprised. Come on, people. <laughs> All right. Look, just, y'all ain't even paying attention. You're messing with the nose. Look at me. Look at me. Stop. Put the stuff down. Look, look. This is what he did. <clears throat> they were sitting there, and they were just sitting on the porch, and all of them was there, and, and they was waiting to eat the barbecue grill there, and it's smoking. They had the meat on there, and they just talking. Him and four or five other lost men. And one of them said, if you go back in history and spend the day with any person, any person in history, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, whoever, he said, one, no, 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 he didn't. One of the lost people said, I think I'd want to spend the day with Jesus. This guy's lost. And he thought, this is my pre-christian this is my person of peace this is my opportunity and he says that right see sometimes you got to give them a little drag because if they're big fish they'll pop the line say man can't just he says that right why why would you want to spend the day with jesus he said you know what I'll be honest with you. He said, so much of this stuff I see and what I think Jesus was, it don't match up. And he said, I, I just want to spend all day with Jesus to see if what we see around us in church is really what it's supposed to be. Wow. And it gave him the opportunity to say, well, let me tell you my And see, his story was, he grew up in church. He was a good singer. He sang in the choir. But he was religious and not saved. Gets around college age and he leaves the church and he goes away from just crazy. And just, just runs from God 100 miles an hour. And God tracks him down. Say amen. And he gets saved, and he comes back to church. And he was able to say, let me tell you something. Let me tell you my, my story. Now, next week, here's what we're going to do. <clears throat> we're going to help you develop your story. Say, preacher, I don't know what a testimony is. I don't know how to give my testimony. I'm going to teach you how. I'm going to teach you how to get your stories. How many of y'all have heard me tell my dad's testimony just about everybody just about everybody 
You know what? I can tell it with my eyes closed, standing on my head. You know why? Because I've said it so many times. I've told my dad's story all over the country, all over the country. I probably can tell it better than he can. <laughs> you know why? Because I tell it all the time. And, and, and this is the thing. You've got a story. If you're saved, you have a story. And I want to help you tell it. Because if you start telling your story, God's going to start saving people around you. And, and we're going to move from, from adding to the church on Sunday to an Acts chapter number 2. And the Lord added unto the church such as should be saved. Or those who were being saved. I don't want to be a Sunday church. I want to be an everyday church. I don't want to be a Sunday effective church. I want our church to be effective every day, everywhere they go. And the only way we can do that, now we're going to keep, remember, we're going to keep using the cane pole. But there's about 500 people in here, 450, something like that. Can you imagine if just 100 of you graduated from the cane pole? And started going out every week sharing your story. We wouldn't have no room. And we would have to we'd have to get another fair view. Watch this, watch this. I know I'm done going, but I'm gonna tell you this. That Macedonian call. That Macedonian call. Flip flip back. Flip back. This is too important. I I, I gotta tell you this. Just just Flip back. <clears throat> Acts 16.9. Acts 16.9. Look in your notes. Look in your notes. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and... Come over into Macedonia and... Come on, say it. And... Several months ago, several months ago, three men came to our church during the week and said, we're from Spring Arbor Baptist Church. Would you please help us? Initially, I said no. <laughs> now, before you get sideways, what I meant was, you know, they said just take it over. I said, let me just help you. And you do it because there's so much to that. There's so much that could be church split and people mad and all this kind of stuff. This is a big deal, guys. For someone to, to sign over everything and, and to do all of this. So I was saying, listen, let's just help you. Three times. The third time, they said, please, you, you, just, you just come. And all the staff we got together, you can ask them, this is God. We've been praying and trying to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, guess what? Now, watch how this works. We followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit out here. And guess what? We got criticism. We, we've, got, we've got people that tried to slow us down and stop us. But it was a God thing. And because it was a God thing, guess what? It's packed out. Two services. Somebody say amen. amen. We're going to pray. Let's do this. Every head bowed and every eye closed. <laughs> uh, I was just told 
Miss Daisy Sides trusted in Christ out at Fairview tonight. And they wanted us to know. Guess what? Other places are going to say. Now guess what? Unless we figure this telling our story thing, we're not going to be able to help them. I need you to help me. And let's all go tell our story. And all God's people say it. Lord, thank you for this.